everybody, and welcome to the A Links Among Links podcast. I'm your host, Lucas Seoffer, and again today I'm joined by my co-host, Tay D. Tay, how are you doing? I'm good, Lucas. How are you? I'm doing well, doing well. So we've got lots to talk about today. Uh, since we last recorded, the Lynx uh, season has started. Uh, played two games so far, uh, one against uh, the Storm, one against the Sun. Uh, so we'll talk about those a little bit today. Uh, but before we do that, a uh, couple of notes that I want to hit. Um, first off, uh, last night the Lynx lost, unfortunately, to uh, Seattle. However, um, we did have a big moment, a uh, big positive moment that happened. Uh, Sylvia Fowles uh, grabbed, uh, I think it was her seventh rebound of the game, uh, which caused her to surpass uh, former teammate, uh, current coach Rebecca Brunson as the WNBA's all-time leading rebounder. Um, great moment in, in Lynx history, great moment in WNBA history. Yeah, I mean, how amazing was that to to share that moment with Brunson? Um, and I remember watching, like, Brunson asking for the ball uh, from the referee, I believe, and just sharing that moment and the smiles on both of their faces. And then to be congratulated by the entire Storm team was also uh, a great moment to see just people recognizing greatness. Um, and I'm super happy, super proud. And, I mean, the sec- second game of the season, she's only going to get more boards. Right, exactly. And there was uh, a time – in the first game against the Sun, where I was like, well, you know, she's rebounding like crazy. I think she ended up with 18 in the first game. I'm like, well, I mean, it would be pretty crazy if she got to 25. But there was a moment there where she was uh, just – it seemed like she was grabbing every single rebound. So, uh, you know, it was an, an inevitability. Um, I'm glad that it happened, like, moments before halftime so they could actually – have that moment and actually have it be an extended moment rather than, you know, um, something happening in like the middle of the first quarter. And then, you know, they have, they, they go through the the procedurals, but then they get right back to playing right away. I'm glad that they were able to kind of have that time. Uh, the storm players were able to congratulate falls right before halftime. Uh, like you said. So, and some, uh, not so great news, um, also occurring last night in the loss of the storm, the, the Lynx did suffer two injuries. Um, we don't know the extent of the injuries at this point. Uh, nothing has been officially announced yet. Um, but cream Christmas Kelly, um, uh, appeared to injure her ankle. Um, that's what the Lynx, uh, PR has said to this point. Uh, she kind of, uh, caught a pass and was going to drive into the lane um, and you were just saw her leg kind of go dead. So to speak, she crumpled to the floor um, immediately grabbed for her ankle. And then she was obviously pretty distressed on the floor. So uh, we're hoping for the best for, for Karima. Um, We'll likely get word at some point today or tomorrow as far as the the significance of her injury. Um, But you have to feel terrible for her. She's uh, you know, for her whole career, she was, um, basically the the epitome of health and then the last three seasons uh she's had two significant right knee injuries uh now this ankle injury it's just it was just impossible to not just feel terrible for her uh in that moment yeah it was really it was really hard to watch and i I, i've seen that moment happen so many times and in myself as well as just my leg kind of going dead and my body going one way and my leg not moving with it um but it, it, it's a huge loss because she brings such a spark off the bench and um, she's a leader and she's one of the vets on the team. Um, so I'm, help, I'm hoping that she has a speedy recovery and I'm hoping that it's just an ankle. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, you know, obviously she was named a captain uh, prior to the season, even though she had only played 
six games as a member of the Lynx. So obviously she has a lot of respect in that locker room and, and we all just uh, wish her the best uh, moving forward. Um, additionally, uh, Lexi Brown towards the end of the fourth quarter um, went up for a layup, uh, kind of got caught among some of the Storm players, uh, hit the ground really hard, appeared to hit her head, um, was immediately taken out of the game, never returned. Uh, I mean, there was maybe just a couple minutes left, if not just like 30 seconds or something like that. Um, Obviously, you would have to imagine she's uh, in the concussion protocol at the moment. Um, but again, no no word from her. But if she, if she were to miss extended amount of time, that would be a really big loss for the Lynx. Yeah, I agree. It, um, again, another another hard thing to watch. She, like you said, she came down really hard on her head. Um, and you could just see it in the replay, the, the effect from hitting the ground. Um, and I... I hope she's all right. I've, saw her, I've seen her tweet this morning. Uh, so I'm hoping that that means good, good things are coming, but definitely um, under concussion protocol for sure. Yes, absolutely. And, and be sure to follow the uh, Olaf Among Wolves Twitter page or uh, either of our Twitter pages. We'll be uh, uh, tweeting out whenever we, or we'll be passing along information whenever we hear it from, from the links. So let's transition now to, to talking about the games a little bit. We'll, we'll start a, uh, with Sunday's win over the Sun. Um, the Lynx uh, came, on top, came out on top 77 to 69, um, though it wasn't always the most <laughs> uh, pretty game to watch, so to speak. Um, really, for three quarters, the Lynx were just struggling, and, and it, it seemed like the Sun had their number, but then they just ran away with it in the fourth quarter. They outscored the Sun 27 to 12 in the final frame. Um, led behind strong play um, from Nafisa Collier, uh, but then in particular, Crystal, uh, Crystal Dangerfield. Um, Cheryl Reeves said after the game that, you know, the plan wasn't exactly to play uh, Dangerfield a whole lot of minutes, uh, but she ended up with uh, 21 minutes, uh, scored 10 points, had a couple rebounds and assist or two, uh, and was a team high plus 17. Um, so, the the Lynx really got a huge spark from from Dangerfield off the bench, um, but Tay, hey, what were kind of your main takeaways from that first game against the Sun? I mean, I, I think we talked about it last week of how intense that game was going to be. We knew Connecticut was going to come in; they have something to prove. Um, you know, especially with Dewana Bonner being kind of like that missing piece um, for this twenty twenty season, and it, it was it was a fun game to watch. Um, you know, we saw Alyssa Thomas kind of coming in and, and doing damage. But I think the biggest thing was the first touch was to Sylvia Fowles in the paint. Um, and we talked about that last week about John Cole Jones not being there and how we could kind of maneuver that and take take advantage of that. Um, and i also like to point out that I did call we would see Crystal Dangerfield a lot in that game. And um, and she did. She came off and she sparked energy and she, and she just did what she did best, which was create shots, right? She knocked down a three. She had a, a bounce off the glass, a nice soft touch. Um, and she she kept that pace. She kept she was moving. She was moving. And I think they kind of outran the Connecticut Sun towards the fourth quarter once that energy kind of picked up. Um, but it was happy to see. I mean, Fee kind of started off a little slow, but she went on to like a like a I think like a ten two run by herself at some point. Um, and it was it was good. And Sylvia Files. I mean, eighteen. I mean, she had a double double her, her first time on the court for twenty twenty season. So it was um, it was great to see and we saw Lexi Brown kind of getting in the paint and not being afraid and that's something that I know that she's been working on so I was very excited and it went down to the wire and and it was uh, it was a great game yeah I th uh, we had like you said we had mentioned that I 
that uh, Fowles uh, kind of going to her earlier and, and establishing her and, and Collier to a certain extent as well in the paint was going to be uh, huge for uh, the Lynx against the Sun. We also saw them try to do that against the Storm uh, to begin as well. Um, now, obviously, the the Storm, if they have a, a weak point, which, you know, that's up for <laughs> debate, it, it's also that interior defense. Um, so, you know, having a, a, a combo of, of Fowles and Collier – um, to to be able to exploit those those weaknesses with other teams, I think that's going to be kind of the what the Lynx have to rely on. Uh, you know, kind of their bread and butter moving forward. Um, though one of the things uh, that I've noticed kind of through the the first two games, and we really saw it through the first three quarters against the the Sun, is that it just seems like uh, Collier's touch is just hasn't come around to what we'd expect from her at this point. Um, She's getting looks. She's getting open looks. She's getting looks that you would, uh, you know, expect her to make, and I think that she expects to make. Uh, but they just don't seem to be falling right now. Yeah, I mean, she only ended up with eleven points last night, and um, you know, we kind of saw a little bit of frustration of uh, shots that she normally makes, and and I think overall it was just a, it wasn't a great shooting night for for the Lynx in general. There were a lot of things that were rimming in and out. A lot of uh, shots that would normally be made just weren't being made. Um, but I, I think that she's going to – I mean, it's the first two games, um, and I think everyone's still kind of getting their, their wind. Um, you know, we kind of saw a little bit of fatigue and exhaustion. Um, but I think that, again, I'm going to say she's, she's only going to get better, and, and I, I have all the hopes that she's going to look at these last two games and, and make changes and, um, and maybe just be a little bit more aggressive in, in getting to the basket. Yeah. Uh, you had mentioned that it was just uh, kind of the, the team was – poor shooting just in general um looking at the stats through the first two games the the team as a whole is only nine of 35 from three uh so far through two games that's 25.7 percent um and then also you know points per game isn't everything but if you look at at points per game uh the links are currently 11th out of 12 in the league at, at 71.5 points per game um one thing that i've kind of really come away with through these first two games um and i and I think, you know, it's, it's too early to, to panic, I guess. I, I say panic in quotation marks um, because, like you said, we're, we're only through two games. And really the Lynx have played two pretty high-quality opponents in the sun and the storm. Um, however, uh, I think something that the, the Lynx really need more uh, from is their bench. Um, last night uh, against the storm, they, the bench only had, um, like, 10 points, eight rebounds uh, as a, as a collective on like three of 18 shooting or something like that. Um, now, obviously uh, Dangerfield had a, had a very strong first game. Uh, but if you, if we were to look at the the box score from the, from, you know, what everybody else uh, contributed, the rest of the bench only scored 13 points combined. Um, and they were three of 11 shooting uh, aside from Dangerfield. Um, do you think that's something that can just be addressed with more reps, or do you think that the Lynx are going to have to make a move at some point to get, uh, you know, more depth pieces, a stronger uh, bench play? Um, that's tough. I think that, again, you know, restating that this is still early in the season, and I think that not putting pressure on Dangerfield right now, um, I think that, Again, coming off of that that high end game, that first game, and then coming in last night and really just having like one assist and one turnover, 
Um, we didn't get to see the spark that we saw in the first half. And, and Seattle is an amazing team from offense to defense. And, and it, again, they, we, we faced two competitive teams and um, that have a winning mindset. Um, I like to see a little bit more of the bench. I don't know if they're, if they're ready. We did see Kiki for the first time last night. And I think she played about like 11, 11 and a half minutes and was aggressive on defense and, and caused turnovers and got a block. Um, we didn't see a lot of scoring from her. Um, like you said, there was only 10 points off the bench. Um, I think uh, Rachel Bamman might have to to step up a little bit more, especially with not knowing what, what's happening with Lexi Brown. Um, I think that's an opportunity for her to kind of step in and knock down those big threes and, and create space. Um, same thing with Dangerfield, creating space and doing what she does best. Um, and I'm hoping that it's just kind of like second game jitters. Um, you know, this is a huge platform for a lot of these players that have never played pro ball before. Um, speaking of Kiki and Dangerfield, but I I think that more reps, like you said, will will get them um, will get them ready, um, and maybe uh, I don't know. I just I don't know. I'm hoping that more reps will help um, easing that comfort and, and getting better and, and gaining that confidence um, that they belong here and that they can't. They're here for a reason and uh, they're here to play. And um, yeah, I just I'm hoping. That's my hope. Yeah, and and you, if we were to look at the bench, I mean, and that's not only to say I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure how transactions work down in the bubble. Uh, so it, it might be one of those things where the links just have no choice but to let reps mm-hmm. kind of take over and and get them more comfortable. But if you look at the bench, um, a lot of the the players that are are seeing significant minutes were either you know not with the links last year or not in the league uh, not in the league last year. So I think it's just going to take some time for them to to gel and get used to each other's playing styles. Um, you mentioned Bantam. I think we're going to see quite a bit of her moving forward, depending on how long uh, Lexi is out. Uh, I would have to imagine she probably won't play in Thursday night's matchup, uh, but I guess we'll see. Um, but you you can tell when, when Bantam is on the court, just kind of the way she moves, that uh, she has the athleticism uh, to to play in the WNBA. Uh, one thing that, that concerns me a little bit, and we kind of mentioned this in our uh, Lynx group chat last night, is that it just seems like the the Lynx guards um, in general, um, Chris uh, Crystal Dangerfield notwithstanding, um, they just appear to be a little bit slower than the uh, than the guards on uh, both uh, the Storm and the Sun that we've seen so far. Um, do you think that the the lack of speed among the the guards, or maybe maybe a better uh, phrase is like a lack of burst? Uh, from the guards, do you think that's going to be a weak point for the Lynx moving forward, or do you think that's just an anomaly through, you know, because both teams that we've played so far uh, have very strong and very quick guards? Yeah, I mean, Connecticut has Jasmine Thomas, one of the quickest guards, and Sue Bird at 39 is still running faster than me at 25, you know, so it's it's um, kind of comparing those two is a little bit difficult. I, I do think that we do lack a burst of energy, um, again, aside from Dangerfield, because she's just the quickest. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I, I'm hoping that we, again, kind of gain that momentum. And, again, it's still very early, and I'm going to keep saying that until we get, like, maybe to the 10th game. Um, everyone's still kind of gaining their legs. Uh, maybe conditioning can get a little bit better. Uh, I'm not sure what, what that's like outside of practice, um, what other facilities are available for, for players to kind of to build up that energy and that speed. Um, but yeah, that is something that we lack. And like you said, I don't know what transactions look like in the Wubble. I don't know who's available, if they can't even come to the Wubble at this point um, to kind of pick up that that lack right there. So 
Um, I'm hoping that just with more conditioning and more reps that they get their legs where they need to be and, and, um, and take that a little bit seriously. Yeah. I think, uh, Cheryl, I, I don't remember when exactly. I want to say it was either last week or perhaps the week before, um, had mentioned that, uh, there wasn't necessarily a firm plan in place as far as, you know, if, if, um, you know, what happens if a team has a ton of injuries and they're down to eight players on the roster, how do they get more players there? Uh, so that's something definitely to, to monitor moving forward. Cause you know, not only are the links have, you know, all of a sudden now they're down to 10 active players, depending on how long these two are out. Um, other teams in the league are in the exact same spot where they were in that spot beforehand. And now if they have an injury or two, all of a sudden they're down to, you know, six, seven players, then what do you do? Um, so that's just, just something we're going to have to monitor moving forward. Um, I do want to mention, you know, talk about Kiki a little bit. Uh, as you said, she made her debut last night uh, against the Storm. We didn't see, a, you know, a whole lot from her offensively. I thought what she's uh, showed defensively was encouraging. Uh, you know, that's obviously, we, we've mentioned it on the podcast. It's been mentioned multiple times. That's kind of the, was her, her uh, main attribute that people focused on uh, from her coming out of South Carolina. Um, but you can tell when, when she was moving offensively that she is a fluid athlete. I, I think she's going to uh, be a solid offensive player with time, but it did look like she looked kind of uh, overwhelmed a little bit uh, on offensively, maybe a little bit of uh, deer in the headlights look uh, to a certain extent. And I think that's something that you would expect from a rookie. Um, but give me some takeaways uh, that you had from her uh, 11 minutes last night. Yeah, I mean, like you said, we, we, we were talking about it kind of in our burger chat about her looking a little bit overwhelmed. And again, this is a, a big stage for her and something that is a new experience. Um, and it's kind of expected. Um, I will say what I did love is I, I love the way she ran the floor, right? She's an athlete. We saw her get up and get down. Um, didn't seem tired at, at much. Um, she did cause a turnover. I think she had a block at some point, which was really nice to see. So that defense was there. Um, it, it was it was good to kind of see her active and, and moving um, because we didn't know where she would be able to kind of come in, and especially in this game um, against Seattle Storm and, and where her part would fit. But I'm hoping that moving forward, she, again, kind of gains that confidence. And, and sure, we spoke about it last week. She's still learning. I mean, there's plays that they had to learn in two days that they probably would have had three months to learn. Um, so it's a different kind of experience. But I think that she'll, she'll gain her footing, and I think she'll – commit to, to having that presence um, because she, she is, she can stress the floor and she's so long and she's so athletic and she has guard like skills um, and just gaining that confidence to, to be better. Yeah. And I think in the long term, the, the type of player that she is, at least theoretically, one that can play the three, one that can play the four, one that can defend multiple positions, long athletic, uh, quick. I think she's like the prototypical player that you want alongside uh, you know, specifically Nafisha Collier, but also Sylvia, Sylvia Fowles. And I think that's a, a big reason why the Lynx took a chance on her at number six is because they saw kind of like what her skill set is and they could envision how that would make the Lynx very, very successful. Um, again, I don't necessarily expect her to be, you know, rookie of the year level. She's not quite as polished as, say, a, a Collier or a Meyer Moore, you know, any of, you know, many of the Lynx rookies that we've seen over the last few years. Um, but she has that, um, kind of that you can, you can tell she has that intrinsic, 
um, just natural talent that if it can be fully tapped, um, it's just going to be a boon for the wool or for the links. Excuse me. I was, I was, uh, almost said wolves because I, I'm thinking a lot like, uh, for people who are NBA fans, Jarrett Culver is kind of the, the same situation for the Timberwolves. You know, he showed a lot at Texas tech. He is long, he's quick. He can defend multiple positions. He can play multiple division, uh, positions offensively, uh, but he's raw. And if the wolves can tap into him, he's going to be huge next to Carl Anthony towns. I think it's the essentially the exact same position that the Lynx find themselves um, with Kiki. Yeah. And, and thinking about the, the coaching staff too, I think Planet Pearson is one of the best players to kind of take her under her wing and, and show her, uh, how to be one of the best that, that we can see as far as on this Lynx roster. And and she can defend the perimeter. She can be in the post. And Planet Pearson did that back in her days with the Detroit Shock and with the Minnesota Lynx and every other team that she played for. Um, so I think that that would be a good mentorship for Kiki. Um, and, and, and just, you know, Pearson kind of helping her build that confidence up. Yeah. So, what other uh, were some some positive takeaways from the from the two games against the the Sun and the Storm? I should mention that uh, the Lynx should mention the score. The Lynx did lose to the Storm last night, uh, ninety to sixty six. Um, it, it started off kind of close. Uh, it was a uh, single digits at halftime, but then the the strong third quarter by the Storm kind of. Uh, sent this one uh, over the edge, but what are some, some positives that you've taken away through the first two games? Uh, positives. I mean, Silvio Fowles having two double doubles uh, in the first two seasons or first two games, excuse me. Um, Dance is kind of coming out and, and knocking down some threes. I think she was like two for five um, from behind the arc and knocking down key free throws as well. And she had 18 points um, getting her more in the movement um, and allowing her to kind of play her style. I think will will benefit the links. Um, you know, Collier didn't look great, but she still looks good. Um, and I think that that's that's okay for right now. Like I said, everyone's still kind of gaining their footing. Um, Shanice Johnson, I mean, the first game, she she was amazing. Uh, you know, only four points last night. But that first game, you really got to see her shine. Um, again, we saw Lexi Brown kind of taking it in and, and getting to the basket um, and not being afraid to get bumped around. Um, Dangerfield, first game super fantastic i mean bringing that spark off that energy i really like to think that she kind of made that win um that her excitement and, and her her ball handling and her pace just kind of increased that energy on the floor um so those are those are my big takeaways and like i said seeing kiki last night and getting her up and down the floor um was was nice to see and it was encouraging like you said and and i'm excited for the next game i think that although we have two injuries um I think that we'll see a little bit of people stepping up. Like I think Rachel will definitely step up um, and, and maybe, maybe we see a little bit of more of Dangerfield. Yeah. I, I was, uh, you, you mentioned uh, Demiris. I, I was impressed with her through two games as well. Um, a little bit quieter first game, but she still was impactful. She had like nine points, four rebounds, five assists, one of two shooting from, from three uh, against the sun. Uh, and then last night against the the storm, like you mentioned, she was she was two of five. So she's been the the best uh, outside threat for the for the link so far this season. Had eighteen uh, points, of seven rebounds last night. So um, she's one of those players. That, uh, again, I think um, next to Collier, next to Fowles, um, she provides something a little bit different uh, that that makes her a little bit more versatile on the offensive end. I I love her uh, like kind of Dirk single-footed fadeaway uh from the block I, I 
every every single time she puts that up it's just like feathery touch and i'm just like oh man such a beautiful thing so let's uh maybe preview uh the upcoming game against the the sky a little bit um they are 2-0 on the season uh win over Las Vegas Aces and also the Los Angeles Sparks uh, put a beat down on the Sparks last night, 96 to 78. Um, again, the, the road is not going to get any easier for the Lynx here anytime soon. Uh, Chicago Sky are one of the best teams in the league. Um, so three very strong opponents that the Lynx have to play to, to, to start off the season. Um, what are you going to be watching for uh, in the matchup against the Sky tomorrow? Oh man, it's 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 gonna be tough. I, I think one thing that we kind of touched on was that burst of energy. You know, this guy have Ellie Quigley and Courtney Vandersloot and Diamond DeShields kind of coming off the bench um, just from an injury, but they're fast and they like to move the ball up and down. And Gabby Williams can sometimes play the point, which allows Ellie Quigley to kind of run and run off the screens. Um, so the energy will definitely have to pick up for the links. Um, I'm hoping that they get some rest in between these games um, and and relax just a little bit um because they're gonna they're gonna need it i think that one thing that we have that this this guy probably won't have is i mean obviously they don't have sylvia files and collier i think that they will have to demand the paint um and, and become those those fantastic post players that we know that they are um and i think that the links will have to move in transition a little bit um get those boards off of the defensive rebounds from fouls and shoot a quick outlet and get easy layups. Um, don't let the sky get back in transition defense um, because they're lethal. Um, but we're going to, we're going to have to use all the legs that we have against this team. And that's coming from the bench. And, and that's, you know, maybe coming through some pain from some people that are exhausted. Um, but I think again, we'll, we'll see a high intense game. I think that Dangerfield might get a little bit more PT um, just because of the pace that Chicago plays. Um, so I'm excited to see what she is allowed to do with that responsibility. Um, but it, it will still be a high intense game, but I think the key factors are going to be Collier and Fowles coming into this one. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I would expect the Lynx to try and attack the post uh, early and often, trying to get Fowles and Collier going and then kind of let the offense run through them. Um, we also kind of looking at, uh, at, a couple of other players on the sky uh, looking at their, their box score over the, their win over the links last night um, or not over the links, excuse me, over the, over the sparks. Um, you see uh, Azura C uh, Stevens uh, with mm. 21 points, eight rebounds, four assists. Um, and then also uh, Cooper had uh, 21 points, nine rebounds. Uh, I think one of the things that that's going to be tough for uh, the links unless things change um, is that the, the sky are a very strong three point shooting team. Um, and now the, the links kind of make up for that. It in to an extent because they get to the free throw line uh, very frequently and they're a very strong free throw shooting team. Uh, but we definitely need to see better outside shooting from the links. If, if they want to contend, you know, not only with the sky, but with the rest of the, the top teams in the league. Um, like I said before, the links have only made nine three pointers in total. Uh, through two games, the sky made 11 last night by themselves. Mm. Um, so I think that, that that's going to be kind of the, the key matchup to, to watch is, uh, you know, I think the, the links will, will have the advantage down in the post, but uh, they need more outside shooting. 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, like we, we were all kind of saying last night, like nothing was just falling. There was a lot of things kind of rimming out and um, a lot of shots kind of looked uncomfortable coming off, coming off their hands. Um, but yeah, Chicago is, I mean, like you said, they made 11 threes last night um, and they like pushing the ball and they like those quick releases off the, uh, behind the arc. Um, so, I mean, defensively too, we're going to have to step up as well and, and not allow them to create those shots. Absolutely. So I, I think that's probably all we're going to have for today. Um, we'll be back again next week. Uh, the Lynx play, uh, let me pull up their schedule here. They play tomorrow night, Thursday against the, the Sky, and then again on Saturday against uh, in a rematch with the Sun uh, before they have a, a, a little bit of a, of a stretch and off, uh, of time off before they play uh, the New York Liberty on Wednesday, August 5th. Um, so like I said, that'll, that'll be us, it for us today. We'll, we'll be back again next week with another episode, kind of recapping the, the games against the sky and the sun, hopefully recapping two wins. Thanks again, Tay. See you guys.